Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, one and all. It's Silver Lobo in charge now, motherfuckers. This is Baka Bites. The show where we talk about what we're watching this week in anime. Today, I'm joined with Magically Average, and we'll be trying something different this time. Doing the usual, talking about all the anime happening this season, uh, continuing on with whatever it is we've been enjoying. Uh, But this time, we're going to talk about one anime apiece, and at the end, talk about My Hero Academia. So, Magically... Yes. I'm so excited to hear more about uh, Pretty Boy Detective Club. Yes. Please enlighten me on what's been going on in this crazy fucking show. Well, surprisingly enough, they're still pretty, they're still boys, and they're still detectives, which is the mantra that's constantly shoved into your face every episode. But this week's episode was quite different than the previous. So still is following the same essentially the same equation of a two story there's two episode mystery arc but this time around there's more beyond just the mystery that we're sort of introduced to in a very conspicuous manner so we finished off the last arc obviously with figuring out where that ugly piece of art came from figured found out that it was pretty much smuggled into the room through underground tunnels up underneath the art room through like a like an elevator shaft almost by the student council president's betrothed um and really that was sort of a lackluster ending it was not too much meat on it like always and we moved on to the next one this episode however totally different vibe so the story the episode starts off with our student council president in a very sort of distraught state because the elections for student council president are coming up and him being a third year, he's not eligible. He's obviously graduating, moving on, but there's an issue. So at the school, there's always been like a status quo where the second in command, the vice president just takes the reins like, and the vice president is selected by the president. So that way they're sort of keeping everything intact, making sure that nothing's out of the ordinary and everything, life goes on the way it always has gone on. Now, however, there's a big issue. The vice president got run over by a car. What? And is in, yes, <laughs> is in the hospital in in stable condition, but is but cannot actually be a part of the election because they're not going to be able to attend school. So we have a problem. The vice president who is supposedly supposed to take the reins is not eligible to do so. Now we have an issue on our our plate, which is, well, who is going to take it over? 
because now we actually have an election on our hands. Like it's it's unknown. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows who's going to be taking the reins. It's going to be chaos. So we get into this new mystery, which the mystery is obviously centered around who ran over the vice president, which seems like a, a tall task to ask middle school students and a fifth grade leader to handle. Uh, but that's what the mystery is. However, like I said at the beginning, we get this sort of underlying story now with the whole status quo piece of the school, because it's very off-putting to have middle schoolers, first off, just in the story in general, it's been middle schoolers, You and it's sort of like a weird concept of realizing that these kids are probably 13, 14, solving mysteries and confronting like evil Yakuza-style organizations and going up against the government and whatnot. Uh, but you, you learn about this issue with the school and how everything has always maintained this certain status, but you don't know what it is. Like, you know, it's obviously like of a higher stat, it's something of a higher power and it's been controlling for a long, long period of time, but you really don't know who's doing it and, and where it all started and what the reason is, but you sort of get hints at it throughout the episode because it focuses strictly on the Pretty Boy Detective Club president, who's in fifth grade, soon to be entering middle school. So actually going to be joining their school in the future. So I have a theory that developed at the end of this episode, because outside of the mystery, which again, it's just they're trying to figure out who ran her over, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again, they're like, I, it was I, a woman. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, sorry. It was a woman. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I'll, I'll sidetrack for a second. The, the best part is they're like, should we go to the police? And they're like, Psh, the police aren't going to do anything. They probably have an insider on it. And I'm like, you guys are 13. When I was 13, 14, I was playing hockey, collecting trading cards and like hanging out with my friends, riding my bike at night, like in the neighborhood. I was not playing Pokemon. Yeah. You know, just playing Pokemon. Yeah. I wasn't searching the grounds outside of my school for a potential hit and run <laughs> escapee to try to bring them to justice. So it's just like, it's so off the wall and I love it. But the theory that I had developed because it's all this focusing around the student council president is that they want to maintain the status quo because one, the president's coming in, but you also get sort of a glimpse into the, the president like personality and the way he acts and, and, and just kind of, I mean, I mean to, to put it bluntly, how immature he is. And we're talking about a middle school that's like high class, like posh, no messing around. Like there's no room for like being quirky, being different. It is like you go there for school, you learn, you leave and go home. You maintain that status in your home life because what we want to do is we want to create individuals who are going to go on and do great things. And that means being professional, being mature, and being normal. Boring. Exactly. But the and and that's the issue. The president, who's this fifth grader, he's everything but that. He's eccentric, he has aesthetics, he is off the wall. He is just all around your abnormal person. And so my theory is that like there's a huge fear from the student, the current student council president, who's going to be moving on and graduating, that if anyone else takes over, Pretty Boy Detective Club, done. No more. Student council, the, the, the president, the young kid who's going to be joining the middle school, we're shaking all of that weird quirkiness out of you to create you into another drone to enter into society. Cause that's what we wanted this school. So you get this, like you get this weird sort of sinking feeling that again, there's something beyond the mysteries. You just never knew what it was. Finally, in this episode, we get this underlying story involving the president. And it, it just, I was so ecstatic when I saw this episode, I was like, finally, we're going to get something more than just a, here's a mystery, here's some crazy, eccentric sort of way that we resolved it, and now here's our next mystery. Now we actually get, here's our mystery, but here's so much more that's wrapped into it because there there's lives, like actual people that are going to be impacted by this, and here's why. And it's it's off on a great track, and I cannot wait for the next episode. How upsetting is it going to be when it's just 
like every other uh, ending to an arc where it's just lackluster. I, if that is the case, I'm not going to lie. I, I it would be this close. And I'm, I'm putting up my fingers close to the mic this close to dropping it. Because that that ruins it, right? Like we Frank and I have talked about it for weeks on end that these mysteries are so cool. I mean, they're off the wall, they're bonkers. But the way they resolve When you told them, me about the painting one, I was like, "Yeah, this is crazy." Yeah, and then it ended the next episode, and it's just like this boring explanation. I'm like, "Well, that just isn't fun at all." And that's exactly how the other ones have ended. And, and again, like I, I go back to a previous comment I made where the, the the show really focuses more on the mysteries themselves and not the way that they're resolved, right? Because the mysteries are so over the top and bonkers that you're like, "How how are you ever going to resolve that?" But the Pretty Boy Detective Club, being the way that they are, they're able to. And so it's not so much as how they do it, but it's the manner in which they do it. And it's the mysteries themselves and the, and the challenge that they have to overcome to do so that is the most intriguing. So yes, the mystery, the ending to the mysteries, definitely lackluster. But it's, it's cl- very clear from how the show's progressed so far that, that they really don't care. Their focus is as they are pretty boy detective club is they have to be over the top. They have to be beautiful with their statements. Everything has to be gorgeous and like very just over the top from top to bottom. That's all that matters. So I'm, I'm, I get a really good feeling though, that they're moving away from this with this new mystery because of this underlying sort of threat to the club. And I can't wait to see where it goes, but if it does end the way it does before, Oof, you better you you better be ready for this, this thunderstorm of of hatred and just or anger I'm going to be spewing next podcast that's for sure. <laughs> God, I can't wait. <laughs> so moving on, um, I have fallen in love with the show Two Year Eternity. Every episode is something different. It's just another lesson to be learned, and a continuation of a bunch of characters stories the main character he's the main character but he's not really the focal point of some of these stories um so right now with the arc going on it's all about gugu and his issues with trying to survive in this area that he lives in um and just trying to grow up i guess he's a kid he had he went through a terrible uh accident trying to save this girl no one realized that he did that he saved her she got a scar uh, a cut on her arm but no one knew what happened they thought she was attacked and the guy ran off into the woods no he pushed her out of the way out of a rolling giant rolling log fell off a cliff and the log flattened his head he miraculously survived his face was completely destroyed and a crazy old man who distills booze saved him and put booze in his stomach and has been distilling there for who knows how fucking long which i just want to interject real quick i don't feel like we hit on enough last week because like what yeah, so I'm going to go deep into this just because a lot's happened in these last uh, two episodes. So all that happens, the main guy shows up, um, the, is introduced as a shapeshifter, a godly being of sorts, a demi, a demon of sorts or whatever. And they kind of hit it off and then kind of have a falling out and then kind of hit it off again. But it ended with basically them being like, brothers because they're both monsters in their own way uh at a certain point gugu left the uh the old man's the crazy old man's place uh, after finding out he had booze inside of him that's been distilling and he's been using gugu as an experiment uh so he left he met up with his old um employer uh runs a farm he just hires whoever is there he always keeps spots open for people he likes and he knows it will do the job well Gugu was one of those guys, and he disappeared months ago. Shows up with a chameleon mask on, and everyone knows that he's the the town freak. The guy gives him a shot because he's a good kid, and he knows he works hard. 
Uh, and eventually he asks if he wants to stay with him and his family. He accepts. Uh, the guy's children are not happy about this. They feel like they're being replaced because he always praises Gugu. Um, eventually they ask him to take his mask off. His entire family freaks out because of his face. The employer does not. And he tries to like convince him to come back to work tomorrow. That he will continue to hire him regardless of how he looks. Because he knows he's a good kid. And that's a great thing. It's a heartwarming thing. And immediately afterwards, a bunch of goons that also work for him grab the mask and chuck it into um, the marsh. And after that, Google's like, you know what? Fuck it. Never grab the mask again. Shows his face. We never get to see it as the audience. And that pisses me off. I want to see what he looks like. All I know is he's a cork somewhere on his face. An actual cork. Anyway, uh, this progresses. Eventually, the main guy comes to search for him. They live together out in the woods for a bit. Uh, the girl he saved became friends with everyone and is trying to convince him to come back to the old man's place because no one can cook except for Gugu. Everyone is a lazy piece of shit, does not know how to cook, and doesn't want to cook. Well, he's got the upper hand. He's got booze inside of him. I mean, like, right? score. <laughs> That's, that that automa- automatically should make you like a top chef. All you have to do is just vomit on the food and just, you know, oh. saute that shit. It's perfectly fine. Great. Oh, okay, the vomiting. All right. Uh, oh, we'll get into that more. Uh-oh. Uh, try to convince him to leave. Eventually does. And they're going back home. Uh, and a one of the monsters from a previous episode shows up and attacks. So they... The two kids run off uh, to safety. Gugu runs back to help uh, save uh, uh, the main guy. God, I can't remember his name anymore. But, uh, oh, Fushi. Goes to save Fushi, uh, who's been transforming into a wolf and the boy and a giant fucking bear thing. Uh, Fighting this thing off is getting the shit kicked out of him because he's been living this life of luxury basically and has not been exploring or learning or figuring out how to fight lately so uh at a certain point Gugu realizes he needs to help so he runs off after getting attacked by this thing to get help uh get some booze and spit fire at this thing because it it looks like a tree what what else would burn down a tree but fire you know uh, so he go. He tries to use the liquor inside of him, and nothing comes out because he already vomited all out after getting attacked. And because there's liquor inside of him, in a makeshift fashion, a crack forms, and he is leaking out booze inside of him. So he got drunk instantly, and he is drunkenly running through the woods back to the place to get more booze a child walks in and demands booze from this old man while shit's going down with this little girl's family who's rich i'm all over the place here but i'm sticking with this one thread line of gugu and and fushi i was about to uh, say i'm like there's a lot there's so just much happened. going on and Holy you just you shit. just you just gotta watch to figure it out but <laughs> He eventually gets more booze put inside of him. He runs out. He's drunk. So he just starts saying stupid things. And he basically professes his love for the girl and leaves, grabs a torch and spews fire like a, like a fucking, like a mythological salamander. He has a lizard mask on and he's shooting fire out. I'm like, this is badass. Kills it. Saves Fushi. All is great. And I'm sitting like, man, that was a great episode. Didn't this start like five minutes ago, though? Time skip. It has been four years, I think it was. And he has become complacent again. Fushi is growing a beard, which he's like a an immortal being. 
and all of his personas that he takes on, the shapes he takes on, never age, at least from what we've seen, because he's been traveling for months now. So seeing him growing facial hair as the first human form he took must mean he's not transformed in a very long time. Gugu is now jacked as hell, and he still has the same mask on and is still giant on his body. And it's basically just showing like what happened since then. Fushi's learned to cook. He's having more conversation with this God figure that keeps showing himself to him. And they keep arguing over whether or not Fushi should leave. Fushi thinks that he should stay and he should continue to rely on Gugu to help protect him and protect everyone he cares about. This God being says, you need to leave or everyone will die. But your thing is also an option. It won't last. So the episode ended basically confirming next episode will seal the fate of Gugu and the girl and Fushi's resolve on what will happen next. And with the opening as epic and beautiful as it is and all the characters it shows in a random displacement order. I know that there is an epic thing going to happen with these two characters, but I also know it's probably not going to end well because there's another set of characters that we haven't seen yet that we're going to see eventually and it won't end well for them either based on the opening. And he has a whole cast of characters that have not made an appearance yet based on the opening. And it's tier eternity is getting crazy with the amount of like storytelling they're doing and the amount of lessons being learned as well as just the crazy shit that goes on with these characters the kid got drunk because it's crazy man put a giant fucking urn in his stomach. The kid was lean and athletic when he first met him. After the accident, he got a giant gut. And I was wondering, why did he get a giant gut? Why does he still have a giant gut after working in the fields all day? This kid's been working here for months. He still has a giant gut. What the fuck? Oh, he has liquor in his body. There's a fucking liquor bottle in him. Yeah, he's got a beer belly. What the like literally, Fuck. he's got a literal beer belly. Literally has a beer belly. It's, <laughs> it's so nuts. Speaking from someone who hasn't seen it too, I, it sounds. I mean, first off, it sounds insane. Like I know you 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 poke fun about Pretty White Detective Club being so over the top with oh, the yeah. mysteries, but this sounds so chaotic. I, I but I like the idea, like because Fushi, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, he's immortal, right? Like he's the orb. Started off as the orb. Well, this one confirmed just how much immortality can solve with him. Mm. Like, he started out as an orb, and the god being created him as an orb and sent him off to to Earth. And as soon as it touched something, it turned into it. So the first thing it touched was a, a rock, and it turned into the rock, and it understood only being a rock. It wasn't until a wolf died on him that he turned into a wolf. So in this one, the the tree thing won. And Gugu came in, destroyed it, and you just see the essence of Fushi start heading toward a tiny rock. And Gugu picked it up and it turned into a wolf. And I was just huh. like... So... Immortality is not like all it's cracked up to be for Fushi because he could technically lose all of those lives he has stored up, but he will then turn into a rock and remain a rock until he gets another personality, which would mean someone has to die near him or touching him. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I, I, I mean, I like the way it's set up too with the fact that this god figure is sort of forcing him to realize that if he sticks around and live this complacent life, you're just going to end with misery because you're just going to watch everyone else die around you versus right. You need to actually do what you, I mean, I, I I'm only theorizing as again, someone who hasn't watched it, but your whole purpose is likely to explore earth and, and understand the, the, what is to be life on this planet. So you need to continue doing that. Otherwise you're just going to be wrought with just despair, watching everything around you leave while you're stuck. It's it seems that's to be dark. <laughs> that, it, it, it is it is a little of that. It also is like getting the knowledge and know how to 
uh, understand how things work and to be able to defend oneself because mm-hmm. he needs to learn from everyone he comes across to to fight these things because he was created to prove that there is still something worth saving here and those monsters that just exist throughout the world apparently their only goal is to destroy yeah and they can't do that unless they make sure that fushi fails right once he fails it's over humanity's gone apparently so huh wow i assume we're gonna get a lot more of that um i assume this is going past 12 episodes into 24 episodes or so so I assume towards the end of that, we might get more hints of it. Mm-hmm. I don't see this going and being a prolonged thing. I don't know how long the mangas have gone for, but I would assume this is like 24 episode run and get the get a good chunk of it to keep you wanting for more to sell more books. Okay. Now, we did your show. We did my show. And now it's time for My Hero Academia. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite part of the podcast. So, I want to say first, I listened to last week's episode. Oh, listen, I had nothing to do with what Frank said. Don't don't skewer me. Frank said all I those was things. Going, I was going to mess, because it came up kind of late. Uh, I was going to message you guys, like, uh, over the weekend and just yell at you, basically. <laughs> and Because I, I was just like... Again, I'm working with no, having read the books, so I'm mushing the books and the anime together in my brain. So I'm like, "Yeah, how do you not know what this guy's quirk is? He explained it to us in this thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did that happen already? Next episode. They explain his quirk. So uh, let's see what Frank wrote in to say about this real quick. Uh, we knew it was going to be an explanation episode. How are the two things to note? Uh, can what's his dick from one beat? It's Captain Dickhead, copy? by the way. <laughs> Captain Dickhead, I forgot that's what you guys uh, <laughs> called him. Uh, not copy inherited quirks, and that the li- little girl Eddie, remember that name, Ari, yeah. Frank, <laughs> Ari. Uh, and that Ari has one that wasn't originally hers. Okay, let's answer that question. No, that is not why he could not copy those quirks. It is not an inheritance thing. Um, It's basically that his body and his quirk understand how other quirks work. If it is something he cannot use uh, safely or efficiently, it won't allow him to take it. Yeah. And if it's too much, as in numbers-wise... The quirk kind of freaks out and can't take it because, we, as we just learned, Deku has more than one quirk inside of him, and his and Captain Dickhead, his quirk scans a person basically and takes a perk uh, a quirk. Deku has multiple. His quirk does not understand how to take only one of those, and it can't take more than the one, so it just couldn't do it. Yeah. So from one person, he can only take one quirk away. And use it as his own. And the other thing with Eri is hers is massively powerful. And for him, it's too powerful to the point where it might even be that it's multiple quirks working in unison of each other. So she might have a lot going on when she uses her quirk. I remember them pointing it out in the episode, too, because I I wanted to make sure that I understood it. And the explanation was even kind of challenging. But yeah, it, it made a lot of sense when... Captain Dickhead went through essentially the specifics of his quirk and was like, I get blanks because I'm not really able to analyze what the quirk is on one, you know, one way, shape or form. I I can't actually obtain it because my quirk doesn't know what it is, whether it's because it's too many, if it's just too powerful, whatever they, I, I feel like in the episode, it was hard to really truly understand what it was, but I mean, the gist of it was, he can't get Deku's. He can't get Ares. So there's some sort of common theme there. In essence, it's probably because it's multiple of one quirk or that it's just way, way too powerful. Yeah, he's able to take like uh, Bakugos and... In Kirishima's too, think, right? Because he, he turned... Yeah. In the... in the He, he turned hard. Yeah. And um, I think 
if he, tr- I don't think he can take Shinzo's. He might have at some point. I can't remember, but it's it. It all depends on the essence of the quirk and what it provides. Like, yeah, he obviously grew a horn. I don't think if he touches um, uh, Sue, he'll turn into a frog. <laughs> he'll turn into a frog. I, don't <laughs> that is, I don't think he can even do that. She might also be a blank for him, but yeah. I would love to see that happen. And I was just going to note, too, because you actually made a good point right there, and it made me think. I'm, I'm wondering if part of his quirk is he actually has to see the quirk in action in a way, you know, like actually being used to understand it. I wonder if that's an area because it would kind of make sense that why he be. grew the horn, right? Because he's yeah. just essentially copying Airy, but he doesn't. His quirk is unable to grasp what her quirk actually does. Same with Deku. So I'm wondering if mm-hmm. that's maybe why we didn't see him use Shinzo's because on the on the outside nothing changes with him physically. He doesn't actually see his quirk happening. We just know it's brainwash, right? Like if someone responds to him. So I'm wondering if that's an element to to Captain Dickhead's quirk that he has to actually like comprehend it and understand it in order to copy it that's a good point because him taking bakugo's quirk it made a lot of sense because he's out there he's known for what he's done because it's bakugo he's loud and annoying um and it's not hard to understand it especially when it's a kind of like obvious or yeah to the intelligent students there who are studying each other like deku who mumbles and fucking writes down every little thing about is on like like version 23 of his notebook or whatever now (laughs) right so like anyone who's like deku would know baku's quirk is his sweat Mm. his sweat is nitroglycerin captain dickhead probably figured that out also and that's how he's able to understand it and be able to use it yeah but i think i think the other thing is he doesn't he's not able to use it to its fullest because right if that's the case it it would be like it would make a much bigger toll in his body like yeah for instance um what's his name uh hot and cold dude fuck what's Todoroki Todoroki god i lost his name for a second um <laughs> his quirk is fire and ice he relied on ice f- for the longest time and in one of the episodes we saw that him doing that lowered his body temperature and he was shivering. His arms were like kind of getting frostbite on them and he was getting sluggish in his demeanor. And then him using fire now in some of the episodes. And if I think one of the movies, you can see it, the more he uses the fire, you can see that the burns and the scars start to appear on his body because it's too much from the handle. He doesn't have this, the same inherent ability that his father does where the fire doesn't hurt him because it's his quirk is the use of fire and the immunity to it to a degree. Yeah. For him, it's fire and ice and that's it. He has to be able to balance that out to make sure that his body stays in its comfort zone, which is why he needs to right now it's gotten to the point where he needs to learn to use both of them. Because he's so far relying on ice as much as possible. And for the shit where ice isn't working, he blasts something with fire and that's it. Mm. Uh, what was Frank's other point? That, uh, not showing... Oh, not showing Bakugo and... and uh, yeah, not showing them getting their license. I don't remember. Yeah. If that happens so like that... In the episode, it's not that I think they showed it was kind of a, a tease, really, because they showed them in the training center or whatever testing site against uh, Orca. What's the full name? Um, uh, Gang Orca. Gang Orca. Yeah. They showed them there and it's like, all right, you guys ready? You, you maggots, let's do this. And then it just kind of quick cuts to the after effect of them fighting the dude with the the essentially like the water propulsion guns on his hand mm-hmm. so I, I mean i get frank's uh his 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 work with that piece i will say though that i liked i liked the interaction between bakugo and todoroki as well as all might with the fact that all might's like you guys literally got your licenses 30 minutes ago and you're already fighting a villain on the street 
like can you mind cooling it and they're like no we're heroes bye and they just kick these dudes asses mm-hmm. i also think it fits well into the direction that the season's going to because i mean it, it kind of would have been boring in my mind to just watch them get their licenses you knew with with the fact that it's bakugo and todoroki you're like what could possibly happen where they wouldn't get their provisional licenses right like yeah. it's especially after how much they've grown since yeah. the initial testing happened. Like especially Bakugo, we used, we saw that in his his match. Like hundred percent, he's getting his license. Yeah. And so Todoroki's grown in his own way, uh, not looking at the tournament really, but in in his interactions with other characters and what he's done. Yeah. Afterwards. So for me, it's I'm more focused on again just them and how they're going to be using their provisional licenses they're funny they had an interaction with um i don't remember what the hero's name is but he's so goofy looking he like slides in and he's like holy crap are you guys students you guys are incredible you guys are gonna be top heroes sliding away and he just like zips away and i'm like i've never seen this dude but i want an entire story about him now because i love so... him <laughs> okay so he has a quirk that's just dumb <laughs> if you saw all it is, is he's sliding right yeah that's it so here's the thing that that just i saw that and i'm like wait a minute this is a lot like my boy um from vigilantes my academia vigilantes the main guy from that mm-hmm. has a quirk where he also does the exact same thing he can go as fast as he wants as long as he has his I think it has to be like four or three points of his body on the ground. He can fucking slide like it's nothing. And he can change direction on a dime. And I'm sitting there like, okay, that's why this guy's a hero. Because that quirk is fucking nuts. And as the title of the books suggests, he's a vigilante. Mm -hmm. So uh, if Frank wants to see something that isn't about going to school and becoming a hero like that, he can watch vigilantes because that's pretty cool. Supposed to be getting an anime. Uh, I think it's soon. I heard rumors about that last. You hear episode. that, Frank? You got a new show to complain about. Oh joy! <laughs> well, he can he can have a great time saying Cyclops and Wolverine in that every time because oh, they are no. in that. Oh it's no! It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I mean to... that that character. You'll you might see him again. Oh you know? please, you might see that hero again. I immediately fell in love with him. The well, reaction that he had we'll was Bakugo and Todoroki. Oh, well. No need to spoil it. Thanks, Lobo. Jeez. But yeah, I mean, to, to quickly, like, I guess for me, wrap up thoughts on the episode. It, it's exactly what we expected, right? You're finishing up the tournament arc. We're transitioning into the next arc. It's going to be a lot of setup. There was less setup than I was anticipating, though. I thought there would be a little bit more direction as far as where this the next portion of the season is going to be going. There's obviously you can you can sort of guess where they're going to be heading with the different pieces of the episode that are highlighted. So obviously Captain Dickhead exploring his quirk is going to have some implication on potentially how Deku gets the rest of his powers through one for all and then also being able to master them. We're also assuming that we're going to somehow figure out how those powers are going to manifest within him too. Because that was obviously hit on in the the last piece of the tournament, but then you also you have all the students now in class one A with their provisional licenses, so you're there's some expectation I would assume that they would be training with heroes as sidekicks, joining different agencies, what have you. So I mean I again I am not at all complaining about where this is going. I absolutely am enthralled with it now. I think it's it's. It's a great transition from the previous seasons as far as like what we were we should be expecting. It's just right now I'm like there's so many different directions they could go and they sort of leave it up in the air with this last episode that we're kind of left wondering now until this upcoming episode. So while reading the books, I had no clue where was the episode where the story was going to go to after this point until I got to the next chapter. And when I found out where this story was going, I had to do a double take and go back to some of the book because I'm like, they were hinting at what's going to happen next for a while. And no. it was not, 
in your face. No. Like it was it was like just just under the radar the entire time. So if you if you want to try and figure it out, you can go back this season and to certain points and you could probably see hints of it. Can I take a guess? What it could be. Can I take a guess without yeah. ruining it for everyone including myself? I mean, you can take a guess right now or you can save it till we're uh we're done recording. No, I'm, I've got to do it now cuz if I'm going to ruin it, it for myself, I'm going to ruin it for all of you listening. Let's go. So, cuz my mind immediately went to Eraserhead. Cuz this season's obviously like with Eraserhead being their teacher, he's obviously for the most part in the spotlight and he's been involved in a lot of their battles and encounters with uh the League of Villains. But this season, his story and his, his I don't even want to say personality, but like just his whole demeanor sort of changes with Shinzo coming in. Because Shinzo has a really similar quirk to him, and he gives him the his tape, right, or his, his uh, a scarf thing, I don't know really what to call it, to train with for some sort of physical attack. Because he's all, he's brainwashed, like he doesn't have any sort of physical abilities to help protect him. He's just mental psychic power in brainwashing same with Eraserhead. Eraserhead has some sort of a similar power and you see their rea- interactions with one another right where like he's really i mean he's hard on one a but he's really hard on him he's like stop being so hard on yourself work with your teammates you're gonna do fine he's very much the mentor for Shinzo, yeah for Shinzo, but um you're wrong okay Phew. all right uh, that's fine so here's i will say that there's a story happening like from that last scene we saw with eraser and um uh, Mike, yeah. Uh, that they they have a there's a story there well, that they're gonna get to eventually. It's just that's not what they've been hinting at. Okay, because that's what I was gonna finish it off with is that you see that last scene with um Mike and him, and they 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 he brings Mike brings up some person. I don't know if it was someone familiar to the story or if it's someone that we're gonna be introduced to, but this that whole interaction sort of left me thinking. And, and reflecting on the entire season going, oh, okay, well, we might see something more with Razorhead now. There could be some development there. But I guess I'm sort of happy to know that I'm not right, but at the same time, kind of you're, disappointed. You're on the, you're on the, you're getting to something because okay. like that whole thing with him and Chenzo is great. And that is something I want to see more of. Yeah. And I know we'll probably get a little bit more of that in the future, but Eraser's story starts to, uh, develop a bit more because all you know all he is now is like a teacher that's it right but there's a lot of times where like reading the books i'm or like watching the shows like even for some of these scenes here i'm like erase is gonna figure it out he's gonna figure it out. he's gonna know that deku and all might they have the same quirk and it's it's something like that and then it never happened i'm like you gotta know you're just not <laughs> saying shit right eraser you're so smart dude like you know you you, you're fucking with me now, right? That's what Frank and I had hypothesized too. Like he has to know in some capacity. They're, like they've, they're around each other too much for him to not. I thought he figured it out like day one at school. Like there's, uh, he's super intelligent uh, of all the heroes. I will say this in Vigilante, this, it's a prequel to all of this. Mm-hmm. So he's not a teacher and he's just in there throughout. And uh, the entire time it's, um midnight trying to convince him to become a teacher and he's always like no that's someone's job for who's who's quit being a hero and all this shit and he's all about that and then seeing that i'm seeing here where he is now i'm like what the fuck happened yeah, like, to you what vigilante happened? that made you become a teacher like, yeah what the fuck? and then you hear about it in the first episode with him in in the main show like he's the hard ass of of uh ua he will have no problem failing you if you do not meet the criteria that he expects from you. And he was ready to fail Deku like that first fucking exam because he was failing everything. Well, you got to think it's too. It's, it's part of what made him become a teacher sort of being put onto the students. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want whatever shortcomings he experienced to befall them. So he's got to hold them to a higher standard than what he held himself at. Because, I mean, you can only guess, right? Something must have happened. Something went right. down, went wrong with him when he was a hero that f- sort of, not forced him, but in, in essence just made him want to go into teaching because he either failed himself, failed someone, who knows. But that definitely shows on the students too. Because, yeah, he's 
he will flunk everyone and then joke about it and laugh in their faces. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's all Frank had. I don't really have much to say. I think we had a good conversation about this. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add before we move on? Which class do you think Shinza is going to go into? We left that uh, cliffhanger out there, huh? B. That I better see more B. B. If I don't see more one B, they showed a mingling in the little their little dorms. They're like, oh, we're having a little party with one B. If those motherfuckers aren't in more episodes, I will throw a temper tantrum. Noted. All right then. <laughs> um, so before we close out, you had a a pitch of a little thing we're gonna talk about here. Yes. Early on. Yes, yes. Go on and ask it. Go on and do it. So to all you listening, we have sort of pitched the idea of suggesting one anime that is a must-have, whether it's a very common one off the radar, and one anime you should absolutely avoid. No questions asked. Doesn't matter if it's popular or not. Don't touch it. So I don't know if you want to call it love-hate relationship or what, but we're doing a touch it and leave it. (laughs) That's actually good. I like that. Touch it and leave it. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but yeah, I, it's we can do this season. You want to do this season to start? Like, what's your one show that you absolutely 100% suggest people start watching? And then one show that you just think should be burned alive? Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's right. do it. Let's do it. Let's, get, right. let's get Frank angry. All right. Let's get Frank angry. There we go. So my show, Must Watch... I, I, I'm going to go with the underdog, which is Don't Toy With Me in this Nagatoro. It's, it's super wholesome. It definitely takes you off guard from the start, and but it drags you along. Episode to episode, incredible storytelling. The art is super fun. The character development is actually surprisingly really good, too. And all around, no complaints about the show. You want to hear my leave it, too, or do you want to hear your touch it? No, no. Let's, let's, let's save that for last. All right. <laughs> So, mine is 100% those Snow White notes. I want everyone to experience the show because it's fucking amazing. And I cannot wait to talk to with Frank about it uh, when he returns in two weeks. Because I'm going to suck. Yeah. All right. It's just, there's so much with Snow White notes. I, I have nothing else to say. I've been praising it every week that I've been on the show. So, like, just just give it a shot. It's again, a someone who hasn't watched it, listening to you guys talk about it, it makes me want to add it to my, my roster. But my God, I'm watching too many shows already. <laughs> I'll just listen to you guys gab and about which it. Which one of them do you want everyone to leave? Leave. I've been killing slimes for 300 years and max my level. Leave it. Same. Don't touch it. Same. Do not touch it. One hundred percent. I I'll say it's... this: when it when it comes out in English, go ahead. If you want it as a background, if you want it as a show that you play video games to, or you're you like are cooking and you have a show in the background, go ahead. But as, if if you want a show where you sit down and actually pay attention. And mind you, it is, it's sub too, right? So it's all in Japanese. You have to read it unless you know Japanese. Do not get anywhere near it. It is a great slice of life, but it is not worth the, the amount of attention that it takes for you to follow along. I feel like I'm wasting my time when I watch the show. It's nothing against the show. Really? It's just that with all the shows happening right now that are like 10 out of 10, yeah. This one is just something that is wasting my time. Yeah, and it's I, cute. And I love cute animes. This is something that I will watch on probably a slow season of anime. If there's a season of anime where there's nothing on that I give a shit about, I'll pick up where I left off for 300 years of killing slimes. Right. And maybe and maybe start Odd Taxi, which is was going to be my joke. Oh, yes, uh, please do. But you so son of my, a bitch. That's my joke. We just, you just get rid of it. You bastard. I can't believe what you're saying. There's like a walrus or something. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, I guess to put it in perspective, this season, as we've said time and time again, are absolute bangers of shows. Like this season's incredible with shows. 
So if you're like, if you're listening to the podcast, hearing us talk about these shows over and over and over again, and you're like, I want to sit down one day, maybe it's on a weekend from the moment I get up to the moment I fall asleep. I want to watch through all these shows, at least five of them. Do it. Do my hero. This the fifth season. Do those snow white notes. Do odd taxi. Do to your eternity. Pick another one. Don't toy with me is a great one. Pretty boy detective club is a good one. Tokyo Avengers is obviously a great one. But for the love of God, do not do, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and max my level. You will feel like you've just wasted eight episodes worth of your life. Yep. And yeah, that, scene. That, that sums it up. That, that about sums it up. I think that's a good place to end it. So uh, I agree. Let me get that part out. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, if you want to talk to us more direct manner, we now have a Discord. We need to update this document. We've had a Discord for a bit, people. You should join us and talk to us there about anime. It's a great Discord, by the um, way. It's pretty. It's just. It's full of a lot of people, and I feel like we need to get more active in there. Memes is bumping, but everything else is well, kind of memes just, is always bumping. We've got memes, memes off the memes wall. Memes never dies. Never. But never uh, meme. play if check the Twitter uh, at BakagoPod for the link to the Discord server, uh, or email us at BakagoPod. Baka Co podcast at gmail.com and just send us your feedback and fan mail, uh, angry messages to me or Frank. Um, Favorite if you memes. Send messages about magic, magically average will kill you because he's a sweet boy. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us and Spark Triumph. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up! Back up.